Jones, prepare for multi-ball. Nova Scotia to the holes in the side of your head. Introducing your host, Albert. That's me. Take it away. Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, to episode 288 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orbital Albert, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about my recap from the tournament I played last weekend. We're going back a couple days. I was able to play at Dylan's Arcade in Fredericton, New Brunswick at the Fundio Flippers competition number 17, and I was very stoked to do that. That was a great time had be all. So I got up nice and early in the morning and had to leave because it was about a three-hour drive uh, to get all the way out there to Fredericton. But don't worry, it's not like all those times back when I lived in London, Ontario, shout out. To all my London buddies there, uh, when I lived in London, I had to drive to Toronto, you know, at least monthly for a pinball tournament. It was two and a half, three hours of driving through a lot of traffic. Driving to Fredericton is a treat. Uh, once every 10 minutes or so, I would see another car and be like, oh, hello. Yes, I'm not the only zombie left. The apocalypse did not happen, and I'm not the only person here. Um you're probably wondering why it's been a few days since I had a podcast. One of my other passions besides pinball is endurance running, endurance races. I've completed over 100 events already, um, but I've never been an ultra marathoner in my entire life until, that's right, this weekend, this Saturday, two days ago. It seems like it seems like hours ago the way my legs feel right now, but I... If you, uh, if you, you know, most people run like a, a three kilometer or a 5k, uh, uh, fun run. That's also known as a three miler. Um, some people even do like five milers or they might even do like a 10 kilometer run, which is, uh, what six point something. Um, and then a lot of people do a half marathon, which is 21 kilometers. Some people will even do a full marathon, which is 42 kilometers, which is 26 miles. Uh, but I decided to do the East Coast's first 12-hour endurance run. Why I decided to put myself through such pain, I'm not sure. But I just, I always wanted to say I could be, it's not the first in, first endurance run on the East Coast of Canada. It's the first 12-hour that I could find or see anywhere and from the people that I talked to that they were aware of. I'm sure there is people who have put themselves in that type of pain by consistently running, walking, crawling, moving any way you can for 12 hours, but those people are not me. And those people had not talked or spoke with anyone who had done it. So uh, there is the Capes 100, which I believe is a 100-miler, 100 also can be a 100-kilometer, not sure. But that exists. That has already sold out for next year, so I couldn't be part of that. And although I only had two weeks to train, I decided to support my local runners my, you know, anyone good enough to throw the group, and I forget the gentleman's name we threw it. Thank you very much for helping walk lap, lap uh, I think, 70, 71 with me. So the lap was, uh, I ended up completing 75 laps. It was 750 meters per lap. Um, so every two laps, I was doing 1.5 kilometers, which is basically a mile because it's 1. I think 1.6, right? 
Anyways, I did a lot. It ended up being 56 kilometers or somewhere around 30 some odd miles. Uh, way, way, way more than anyone should do, though. Put it that way. So if a marathon's 42K, what everything that you pass, anything you surpass, you do another 8K on top of that. Anything past 50 kilometers is considered an ultra marathon. And my legs were ultra dead. That's why it's called that. And you have to be ultra dumb to attempt it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, cheers to all the other ultra runners who was there. I just, I was so nervous and working so hard on my hydration and my carbo loading. Yes, I got to carbo load for two days leading up to it. I did not have the chance to record a podcast. And for the last two days, I've been freaking exhausted. Uh, but I just finished listening to the Poor Man's Pinball podcast. I just finished listening to their ep- uh their expo episode, or at least I'm almost done it. I've got about 10 minutes left. Was surprised they didn't give me a shout out there because they mentioned Chris the Pintern like a hundred times. They mentioned how they did the uh they chugged a beer with Chris the Pintern, but they didn't mention who he's the Pintern for. Um, anyways, it's all good, guys. I'm sure Ian and Drew were just still a little hungover, maybe, maybe more so Drew than anyone else, because I did hear on uh, last week's This Week in Pinball, the new one is up, but I haven't got the chance to listen to it, but last week's This, this Week in Pinball, uh, with Mr. and Mrs. Hardest Working People in Pinball themselves, Zach Many and, and Nicole, I think it's Nicole Many, uh, was on the show from Flippin' Out Pinball, of course. Uh, she's a CEO, and Zach probably does mostly everything else, uh, but it, it sounds like uh, at the very end of the night, Drew took a turn for the worst. And Drew, all I have to say is, dude, how come? Why, why puke in the urinal? Somebody works there, okay? Some lowly person works there. Not lowly. They're probably just younger. Um, but someone works there. I remember working back at a bar back in the day. You guys know. And your job was to not only put those, the rest of the ice uh, chips the ice cubes from the bottom of the tray to prevent it from freezing up at the bottom. You not only had to throw those in the urinals, but if there was anything caught in there, it was your job to get it out of there. So from what it sounds like, he had a really delicious burger burger and brought it up later. And someone's job would have been to Drew. If you could have just puked in the toilet, someone wouldn't have had to pick out one little tiny puke chunk at a time. Anyways, we're here to talk about my awesome pinball tournament that I got to have. I did miss getting to, to see everyone at Expo, and um, I am glad that Ian and Drew did get to meet up with Krista Pintern. And I did want to thank uh, Jeff Patterson over there at This Week in Pinball. Thank him so much. Uh, this Week in Pinball, their story number three for the stories of the week, that's right, happened to be Pinball Nerds Podcast, and thank Chris Grosner very much, also known as Chris the Pintern. Thanks, Chris, for your awesome uh, uh, your awesome job reporting. I did not even ask Chris to go speak uh, to Damien from Haggis Pinball, but he did. I mean, I said any bonus content you can get or anything that you think is important, grab it, obviously. Uh, but first and foremost, I always tell all my pinterns to get out there and have fun. Uh, so it was neat that they did get to meet them, and it was really cool that this week in pinball for the week of October 28th, 2019 that's right story and number three um going down the list i'm not going to run through all of them uh but story number because that's this week in pinball podcast job and i'm sure that uh, zach's already done an awesome job doing that hopefully with my favorite co-host there mr dennis creasel co-host uh opposite the host of the show zach many i have to make sure i mention that 
but yeah, number three, Pinball Nerds, interview with Damien from Haggis Pinball. And I feel bad because I had nothing to do with this, but yet I get the shout out on here. But it's not just me, because also my co-host, Chris the Pintern. So, uh, but it was so nice of Jeff to put here. Our friends, Orbital Albert and Chris the Pintern at Pinball Nerds Podcast, interviewed Damien from Haggis Pinball last week regarding details on their Celtic Pinball Machine and the future of Haggis Pinball. And here's just a few highlights. So head over there to thisweekinpinball.com and make sure you support Jeff if you haven't already. Um, make sure that you are an insider. You get to hear about all the cool stuff, like even leading up to Expo. I got to hear about some really cool news, which uh, I always work very hard on not sharing, even though it's hard because you know me, I'm a pretty honest straight shooter. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, let's get back to our awesome tournament at Dylan's Arcade in Fredericton, though. So I thought I got out the door in lots of time. But because, you know, when you think you're out the door in lots of time, you don't rush. Literally, like, the speed on, on the, the road is 110 kilometers an hour. And I had the Speedo set. Like, my I was just cruising. I was cruising at, like, 118. That way, like, I was within 8 kilometers of the speed. Even if I had a really anxious cop who just got out of police academy. And he was, like, you know, just, he had his radar gun out there. And he was pew, 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 shooting lasers, trying to get some speeds. And uh, he ended up, you know, getting me at like 118, probably wasn't getting a ticket at eight over. I would assume not. Uh, and so I was just taking my time and then I stopped for some food and then I got to Frederick. All of a sudden I looked at my GPS. I was like, whoa, you're not going to get there until you have 15 minutes to spare. And I've never been to Dylan's before, so I don't even know where it is. Uh, I know I did have to park a ways away because it was in a townhouse complex and Dylan is just Dylan's house. It's not like... Dylan's Arcade is a private location. It's not like a, a public place. Even if it was, I might have had to park far away. And more importantly, I've never played all of Dylan's machines. So, but duh, it was really dumb of me to get there so late. My very first tournament in New Brunswick, okay? And I show up late. Come on! Not late, but it was like 10-2. I think I was the last person to pay. Um... But everybody there was really fun and really kind. I got to finally meet David Dennis. Shout out to David Dennis. Um, he was really nice. Uh, Tom MacArthur does a great job being a tournament director. And it was really cool that Dylan opened up his entire arcade. By the time I would said hi to everybody, I barely got a time, time to play a practice game or two. Again, which was my fault. I was allowed to get there up to an hour in advance. And what does Orbital freaking late Albert do? Shows up with 10 minutes left and then talks to everybody and plays no warm-up games. The good news is most of the games there were solid states or EMs. Um, a lot of them, you know, being older, you didn't need to know deep rule sets. You didn't have to read a 45-page manual to know how to uh, get to wizard mode on, say, like, Old Chicago, which happened to be my first game. And I walked in there and I said, you know what, it's fine if you don't get even, you know, there was, I think there was 26 players, which was a record amount for them. So thanks to everybody who showed up, by the way. Um, and I thought, you know, if I even, who cares if I make it to finals, my first Halifax tournament, I make it to finals. I got like 12th out of about the same number of players. So, you know, I would like to be 12th. That was kind of like my secret goal was like, I'd like to get, you know, a top 10, but geez, if I could make it to finals and even, you know, squeak into the top. I don't know what it was, like top eight or something, go to finals. That would be great. Well, lo and behold, on Old Chicago, I kick butt. It's a very controllable Old Chicago. The tilts were very generous on Dylan's machines, which I really appreciate. And although many of the players there had played at Dylan's before, most of them are further away. So uh, I like to think of 
the Fundio Flippers group as sort of a triangle, if you will, with me. Uh, there's St. John, then there's Halifax, or sorry, Halifax. See, I'm screwing this up already. I'm because I'm from away. Um, no, there's St. John, there's Moncton, there's Fredericton. They kind of sort of make a triangle. It's not a, per, it's an obtuse triangle. It's not a right angle triangle. I don't know. I don't remember. I like saying obtuse. I don't even, I know it's a type of triangle, but, and they also use it a lot in Shawshank Redemption. And I really like that movie. So I don't exactly know what it means, but it's some type of triangle. Okay. And this triangle, so like one third of the dudes, and I don't know if these numbers are exact, but apparently approximately one third of the dudes and dudettes, because there were some dudettes there too, which was awesome. Um, the people, one third of the people there, uh, I'm guessing approximately are from St. John. And then one third are kind of from Fredericton and then kind of one third are from Moncton. So like two thirds of the people or more aren't playing Dylan's machines every week with him. Right. So I, it wasn't like, you know, a, a Monday night pinball in London where I came from. When someone comes from out of town, they best be better knowing those darn tootin' machines. And I don't mean those exact machines, but if they don't know how to play, like I know Kiss is gone since I've left. <laughs> At least I did get to live stream Kiss, which was incredible. Um, but like uh, with uh, Speedy there, shout out. Mr. Mike Speedy from Speed City Records got to do that live stream. And Pinterview, you guys couldn't go back and listen to that. Oh, and by the way, thank you very much, like I said, uh, to This Week in Pinball for putting the interview. Make sure you guys go back and listen to that episode, okay? Because I was very excited to... Uh, to do that. That one is not the, the episode that's entitled first impressions uh, of Haggis pinball. Thank you so much for everyone for listening to that. That's not the interview that, that you really want to go back and listen to. It's not an interview at all. It's just me talking about it after watching some videos, having no clue that my pin turn was going to get the inside scoop with Damien from Haggis. The one that you want to listen to says Chris, the pin turn chat with Damien from Haggis pinball is if that wasn't labeled clear enough. Uh, but I did notice this morning that I got like 15 more listens on the uh, impressions video and only like 10 on the other one. I'm like, oh, are people going back and listening? But maybe what's happening is because this week in pinball are sending people just over to me. They're listening to the um, the interview that Chris Pinter did and they're like, okay, cool. I, now I want to go hear his first impressions before they knew he, he was going to get an interview. I'm like, it's a good thing I was pretty nice to like, Celts, because had it been really mean or rude, I might not have got that interview. I don't know. I highly doubt that Damien, even if he has listened to our show or heard of it, I highly doubt he like listened to it that morning right before he did the interview. Or I don't even know if time wise it crossed paths, right? But um, so let's get back to this pinball tournament though. Um, I somehow managed to get first on Old Chicago, which I was very happy about. Getting a first is always what you want at the start. But then on the second game, I did something, you know, so I was a little over comfortable and I thought, ah, everyone here seems nice. I'm going to go out and enjoy a very legal Canadian herb and I'm going to vaporize it because that's the healthiest way to do it. Other than eh, people argue edibles, but, you know, it could be one of one of each or two of another. It's not very sociable, but the good news, you know, there was uh, some younger people there. So I wanted to make sure it just wasn't too stinky or smelly, I'm sure. Right after you come in from having a vaporizer, you can smell it slightly, but it's nowhere near the uh, dark dankness of, of a J, right? So anyways, the point is, is that when I came back in, I might not have been at 100% mental capacity. And 
really when you're a whole bunch of you squished into a small room is maybe not when you want to be high out of your mind is essentially what I'm saying. I wasn't out of my mind, but I got a very, very, very good buzz. And when I came back in, I was on a game called boomerang and I got a free ball on boomerang. And I was like, looking around, I'm like, but they said to play free balls, but every other pinball tournament I've ever been at ever, they don't let you play free balls as far as I could ever remember or extra balls. Right. So I don't even know what I did to get the extra ball, but I got it. And it's, I look up and yes, sure enough, the extra ball, there's like a little space on it that's lit there. Um, that's right beside where the light would be for the, if you get to 100,000 light, if you get the rollover. And then of course, right beside there, um, there's the light for telling which player it is. And I was player three. Now player four was not playing because there was only three players of us during that match play, because it was like usually four players, but sometimes three, because it wasn't exactly a perfect, an equal number of people, you know what I'm saying, for match play. So anyways, I get this free ball, and I'm looking around, and I I think I see Tom MacArthur. I say, yeah, 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 so we can play the free games, the, the tournament director, like, or extra balls. He's like, yeah, 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 go ahead and play it. So I play my extra ball. And while I'm playing my extra ball, I notice this, I light up this thing for another extra ball. And now I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm starting to look at the lights. I'm like, okay, so wait, I have to get a, an, a left out lane here to get that extra ball. But I don't want it to go out the left out lane. It's very nudgeable. Again, the, the, the tilts were very liberal. Thank you, Dylan, for that. And I'm nudging away and nudging away. And my score goes over 100,000. So now I glance up and I see that this light is lit up on the, the scoreboard right on the back box. And I'm like, oh, cool. So that I didn't have to grab a ref or anything. Like you can tell the score's over 100. It's got that thing lit. And anyways, I win another ball. And I look around and I'm like, okay, well, I got another extra ball. And everyone's like, well, yeah, you play it. So I played the, the next extra ball. But then I figure out how to do the extra ball and get the rollovers to do it. So I purposely aim for it. And then that time... Again, it doesn't go down the center. It goes down, I think, the right out lane. But this time, both were lit for extra ball. And I get a third extra ball. So then, while I'm playing this one, both the right and the left out lanes are lit for extra ball again. And it goes out an out lane. But either... One of two things... One of three things happened. Either the, the ball did not go over the rollover correctly... B, the game only allows for a certain number of extra balls, which I guess would make sense, pass three extra balls or something. C, I'm completely blind, and the ball got got a flipper hop and went over the, the, the back, and somehow I missed it going there. Now, by then, I was getting pretty hot and excited, and quite a few people were talking and watching, and they're like, he's on his third freaking extra ball. And I just... And I, but I saw the ball go down where I thought it had gone down. I got the extra balls again. And I looked up at the back box. And sure enough, this thing was lit beside my name. Uh, not beside my name, beside where, where it was player three. And then I plunged. And that ball, everything was lit up differently. And I was like, oh, this looks totally different. And then the ball went down. I looked up and I saw the light move from showing it was player one's turn to player two turn. So what had happened is, for some reason or another, I thought I got an extra ball. When I looked up, the light that I saw that was now lit was, must have been the 100,000 light, not the extra ball light. And the light I didn't look for was the light beside what player it was, which is like the number one thing they say, your first pinball tournament that I've told my son several times when they're going to pinball tournaments, which I've told newer players several times at charity tournaments where I've been tournament directors, 
Double, triple, quadruple check, even if you're sure you got an extra ball, even if you heard the sound, even if you heard the knock of getting the free game, which verified that you had enough points to get the extra ball. doesn't matter. Look up beside your name and don't check to see if the 100,000 light's on or the 200,000. Or check to double, quadruple, triple check that the machine registered what you thought it registered, which was the free ball. So on my fourth free ball, it wasn't a free ball. I was playing player one's ball. So I immediately said, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Well, Tom, of course, earlier had said, please don't make me be the bad guy. He was being a good tournament director by saying, please don't make me be the bad guy. Double, triple, check it's your turn. If you go out of order, of course, it's a DQ. Um, now, there is there might be some circumstances where it wouldn't have been, uh, say, I had got the extra ball and someone had accidentally gone up after me and played. There might have been some different. I don't know. Um, I'm not a tournament director yet. Yet, but I do have a little announcement closer to the end of the podcast that I am going to make about a future upcoming tournament. Okay. But I just said to Tom, Oh, I DQ'd myself. I played player one's turn. I'm really sorry. And I walked away and I felt like such a noob. I'm like, Here I am on my first ever New Brunswick tournament. These are going to be my new pinball homies, my new pinball nerds, listeners, hopefully. Right. And there I just did that. So I was like, man, I DQ myself. But then I came back in round three and I got a W and I came back in round four and I think I got a second and round five, I got a W. And then I think in round six, I got a second. This is just off the top of my head. It's been it's been almost it's been a week and a, and a day. So it's forgive me if it's not exact. But basically, I ended up getting a couple seconds and a whole bunch of oh, the rest of firsts. But had I not did that math, I did. I did I, now had I already it's too hard to say. Like I have seen the butterfly effect with Ashton Kutcher. That's not a good time example. I have seen Back to the Future. There, there's the better one we were looking for. Okay, so I do know about the parent, his parents, Marty's parents disappearing in the pitcher because they didn't kiss at the enchantment under the sea dance. I do know what things can things can happen. But had I got second, or had I got my first, which I probably would have got with getting over you know, three free extra balls on my first ball and having over a hundred thousand on my first ball probably would have got first on boomerang had I got first on boomerang and had I continued to do as well as I did for the rest of the time, which again, I'm not saying I would have, maybe I would have got overconfident and then made a mistake later, which probably would have happened, but I potentially could have got first overall and qualified first, but I did not qualify first. I think I qualified third, which was still really good. Third or third or fourth, I think third. And then I had to play a dude and I totally forget his name, but I had to play a dude and I got to choose the first game. So I chose, and it was just a one game playoff and finals. So um, I did get a buy though. So I was guaranteed top eight because like 12th through like 12th through ninth played eighth through like fifth, right. To see which four went on to playoffs, the top four. So then I play, I'm playing in the top four and I play this guy and he's really good, but I was maybe a little tiny bit better at nudging them, but he got some really good saves in there and it was a tight game. And of course I chose old Chicago because I felt all day. I think I got to play that twice and I won both my, my games on it pretty handedly by like a good chunk of score from what I can remember. So I went back to old Chicago, stick with what you know, right? For finals, good advice. And I, so all of a sudden I'm guaranteed top four. So now I got to play the number one guy who qualified Pat. And I think Pat won like, he won almost every game round. Like he beat me by enough points that had I got first in that second round, I might've just barely edged him out or tied him. But anyway, so I get to play him and it was choice of game and he picks hot dogging. Well, for those of you who have been listening to this show for even a couple months, you'll know how much I love hot dogging. 
how often I've got to play it at Mike Dimas's. I know all the rule sets. I had no excuses for doing so garbage, except I don't know, two out of three house balls. And you could ask Pat. I got, I got a one flip, a straight up house ball, and then I got maybe four flips. So I got a grand total of maybe five flips out of three balls. So he destroyed me. Now he had a great game. And honestly, even if I had had a really good game, he got well over a hundred thousand. He played very well, maybe even 200,000. Doesn't matter. Pat plays there all the time. He probably would have beat me on any machine there. Pat was playing great. I don't want to take away from how well he did. Uh, he is now ranked number one in New Brunswick, by the way, which I find really interesting since uh, he only started playing pinball about over a year ago. And I told him, I said, dude, if you keep playing, you're going to be like, just from watching his, his, his uh, flipper senses, um, his spidey senses, just from taking a look at him playing, I said, dude, I think you might be in the top 1000 if you like start playing some of the big tournaments and traveling a little bit, because like you're a really good player. And he was a really good player. Um, so Pat, you did great. Dylan ended, I got to play Dylan. So after that, to see who get third and fourth, Dylan, of course, owns all those awesome pins and keeps them up. Thank you so much, Dylan, for doing that. What was that music pin I played? The old EM was, it, um, I forget what it was called, but it was a really fun old music, uh, EM. And it had like this buck that in, usually you hear about up bucks or down bucks. You know, if you're talking about like Flash Gordon as up buck, down buck, right? But this buck like moved the ball over to the side and then moved the ball over to the side. It was called Sing Along. Anyways, go look at that. And that was the most fun game that we played there. It wasn't allowed to be part of the tournament, unfortunately. Um, everyone said, oh, yeah, it's really old and everything. But I thought Sing Along should have been part of it. Maybe it wasn't reliable enough to be part of the tournament. I mean, uh, we were at Mike Dimas's house, showed out. And uh, we played Humpty Dumpty, which is the oldest pinball machine with mechanical, electromechanical flippers, right? So, I mean, I think we could have played sing-along, but it was still really fun. I had a great time. Meteor was there, which I felt really comfortable on. That was my first pinball machine ever. I got to play Police Force, which I think is very underrated, especially with that middle ramp turned off, right, with, with it turned down. I got to play Firepower. Um, I loved a lot of the older machines there. Um, he had uh, Xeon or Xenon, or how do you say it? Um, he also had Old Chicago, like I mentioned, Hot Dogging, um, quite a few other pins up there I'm forgetting about. But you know what? I'm going to go hang out with Dylan again. Uh, I did manage to beat him in finals, by the way, and get third on my beer. And I stupidly said to him, the only machine I haven't played here today is Firepower. He goes, good, well, let's go there and play that. I'm like, oh, man, oldest trick in the book. You got me, Dylan. I'm like, I shouldn't even have mentioned that. It's the one machine I hadn't played. And so we went and played that. And I did beat Dylan on it. I managed to get over a million, which is a decent game for a newer player on it. And uh, felt pretty good about that. Managed to snag out a third there, which actually gave me more than two whoppers. And I was really surprised about that. So that actually puts me up to 15th with only playing one tournament out of the top 16 to go to Provincials for New Brunswick, which means I'm sorry, Melinda, my sister Melinda, if you're listening, I apologize. You may have to go with me to St. John's when you're down on Saturday, November the 2nd, for me to play at Arcade, Barcade, Barcade, I think it's 83 Barcade, uh, in St. John, because I have a tiny little sliver of a chance to maybe go to their provincials, but only if I probably play another tournament or two and don't get knocked down, right? So I am going to attempt to twist my sister's rubber arm. We were just going to go to Moncton on her first full day here, which is only about an hour away as opposed to two and a half hours or 2.45. But you know what? I might even, uh, ah, we'll make it fun, Melinda. I'll, I'll make some stops on the way where we stop at some breweries and have a couple drink skis and 
have some fun. Um, and honestly, it's such a beautiful drive down to St. John. And once you get there, it's gorgeous. Moncton is beautiful, but St. John is right on the ocean. And it's even, I would say it's even slightly more picturesque. And uh, that's saying something because all these East Coast Canadian towns are super rad and awesome. Shout out to Pat who went on to win it. I believe Justin got second or Jeremy, Justin or Jeremy. Got to meet the two Amherst guys as well. Had a great time with them. I'm kind of trying to wrap everything up now because uh, I get cut off at 30 minutes now on Anchor through this uh, through my laptop here. Now that my cell phone's still broken, I've got to call them and find out if I'm getting my cell phone replaced or what the heck's going on. I was hoping after an extra week in rice it would be fine, but it still turns on just fine, but I can't see the screen. So my cell phone is kaput. Thank you so much to Tom for being an awesome tournament director. Thank you so much to everybody that I got to play with. You were all rad. I had a great time getting to uh, chat with all the New Brunswick guys. Pinball people are awesome everywhere. To Wherever there's a group of pinball people who meet to play pinball, to talk about pinball, to help fix pinball, you know what I mean? They're probably going to be rad people. And that was no different in New Brunswick. I also got to find out, well, looking for today's song to get you the heck out of here and on with your day. I found out that one of my, uh, I wouldn't say one of my favorite bands, but a band I certainly liked. And I know my friends went to go see it called The Office at least once or twice. Trying to remember if I went back then. Uh, Might have been a bit of a, a, a cloudy, foggy memory for me back then. But um Oh, and the good news is I did mention that I went outside and enjoyed a little bit of vape earlier on in this episode, and I did get to enjoy a couple of my own ciders that I had. I waited many hours and waited till I was safe to drive and walked around and enjoyed the city after that. But until next time, Pimmel Nerds, I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite New Brunswick bands. They're called Eric's Trip. And I hope you enjoyed Orby's Trip. Until next time, Pimmel Nerds, eat, sleep, and breathe. Pimball.